creativity is everything. Like it, it is how to solve your problems. It is how to grow in your business. Like if you have an entrepreneur who can't figure out who's kind of stuck on their path, then that's when you infuse creativity into your life and say, okay, like there has to be another way, a more interesting way that I can break through this kind of weird, whatever, like block that I'm in and, and excel and grow my business or grow my life or do whatever. It all takes imagination. You're listening to the Brand Spanking You podcast. My name is Sarah Ehlinger, former creative director and strategist for multi-million and billion dollar brands turned entrepreneur. After spending over a decade building my own freelance and online businesses, I know that creating a brand around yourself is a heck of a lot different than building one for the big companies. It requires diving deep into your mindset, going beyond generic tips and strategies, and throwing out the script in order to do things your way. Are you ready to get into it? Let's go. Hey, welcome back to the show. So glad you're here. Of course, always glad you're here. Just another quick reminder that I am currently booking out creative services. That's branding, brand strategy, high-level strategy, photography, web design, any of those creative services I'm currently booking out for late summer, early fall. So if you have even a small inkling that you think, I don't know, maybe I do want to invest in these things. Maybe I am ready to invest in things like this go ahead and book a free discovery call with me. It's totally no pressure, no salesy, just a chance for us to get to know each other, see if we would even like working together. And quite frankly, I'm very open (laughs) about letting people know if or when they should be investing in these services. And if it's not the time to make that type of investment, I love giving other options to fill the gap in between where you are right now and when you are ready to invest. If you are interested at all, go to brandspankingupodcast.com slash discovery to book one of those. So today, I am very excited to bring you my conversation with Carolyn Scruggs. I met Carolyn a little over a year ago and was immediately drawn in by her. She is, has this very open, vivacious, caring, just inviting personality. I don't know that I've met anybody who's experienced her and hasn't felt the same about her. She's just this beam of sunshine and light. So it's great always to just be in her presence, have conversations with her. So I immediately knew when I started this podcast, she was someone that I wanted to bring on the show for that reason, but also because Over the course of the past year, a little over a year, I've watched her make this amazing transformation. She has gone from being in this starving artist mentality mindset that I think a lot of creatives, a lot of artists get into that mindset. But quite frankly, a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs get in this mindset too. It's very similar to this scarcity mindset. And we all kind of I think I shouldn't say all because certainly there's exceptions, but I think a lot of people get stuck in this muddy scarcity slash starving artist mentality for a very long time and we sit and spin there. So it's been amazing watching her go from, I don't think she'd mind me saying this, it's been amazing watching her go from being in this starving artist mentality and kind of being okay with it, like being like, eh, that's just the way it is if I'm creative to realizing that that isn't just the way it is and that she had so much more to offer and to give to the world. And by stepping out of that mindset, she has. And so watching her go from do a complete 180 from the starving artist mindset to one where she's really stepping up and putting her gifts and talents out into the world in new and unique ways and ways that I think probably surprise her too. And finding this whole new source of creativity to tap into in the process. So this is a super fun, super juicy conversation. And I am very excited that you get to be a fly on the wall for it. So who is Carolyn exactly? Carolyn Scruggs is a professional songbird and self-expression and creativity coach. A Virginia native, 
She has set out to live a life of authentic expression and connection, and now she guides others to do the same. She is the creator behind Uke Camp and Raise Your Voice, programs for all ages, experience levels, and walks of life, which help ignite your creativity, unlock your authentic voice, and take up space through song. On top of heading two jazz bands, she's a solo music artist as well, using the theremin, banjalele, and loop station to create her signature sound of interesting harmonic lines, quirky vocal styling, and thought-provoking lyrics. Please enjoy my conversation with Carolyn Scruggs. Hey, my darling. I am really excited to have this combo with you. Oh my gosh, me too. I've been looking forward to it all week. I know, we have the best conversations. Mm -hmm. And I'm particularly interested in talking to you because we have something in common um, that I think, I think it'll be fun to just be like a fly on the wall for this conversation. And what we have in common is our conversations around creativity and how you know, both of us have like super creative backgrounds, um, musicians, artists, like both of us have dabbled in basically every creative pursuit (laughs) that you can dabble in, (laughs) um, and kind of landed where we are. I'm more in like art illustration design. You're more in like music and performance now, but Mm -hmm. through our conversations, we've both come back to this place where like, realizing that everybody is creative because I'm sure you got the same thing as me growing up where it's like oh you're so creative you're so creative I couldn't do that because I'm not creative right totally and like that's a total lie right totally yes one of the biggest lies of all I think is like the thing that our culture does where we separate the quote-unquote artists and creatives from the like lay people <laughs> right and we put all of those people up on like all the artists up on a pedestal and everyone else feels like they don't have not only like access to the arts but like they don't even have they don't feel like they have the right to even right use those things you know like that's the gist that I get from people when they're like oh they come up after a show or something and they say oh my gosh I wish that I could sing you know when I was a little girl I used to sing and I'm like Mm -hmm. girl you still can and they're like no 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 you know yeah and then it's such a huge disservice too because I think that is a portal like Mm -hmm. literally our creativity everyone's not just people who are like quote unquote creatives everybody has this portal that they can tap into that is like a direct line Mm -hmm. to their inner being to their inner soul and it's like such a great space to find guidance and clarity and all sort you know all sorts of stuff and when we separate and say like some people are creative some people aren't creative um you're we're blocking people off from that well of information that they could have amen yeah absolutely and I think the the other thing to keep in mind is like the, the language that we use um, just determines so much. Like all of us have different perspectives on every single different word because we all have different, you know, things that we've been through in life. And so we attach certain associations and assumptions to different words. And so the word creativity is like, it, it means different things to different people. But so in our culture, like we generally relate that more over to the arts but really, when you think about it, it's like creativity is problem solving. That's how yes, every 100%. thing in our world has been invented by, by humans is creativity. And so it is like the singular for if anybody is listening who doesn't consider themselves, you know, an artist and like doesn't really have any interest in doing that. That's totally cool because creativity is everything like it it is how to solve your problems it is how to grow in your business like if you have an entrepreneur who Mm -hmm. can't figure out who's kind of stuck on their path then that's when you infuse creativity into your life and say okay like there has to be another way a more interesting way that I can break through this kind of weird whatever like block that I'm in right and and excel and grow my business or grow my life or do whatever it all takes imagination. It all takes kind of thinking about things that aren't there yet and creating them out of nothing. Well, and it's that classic thing that you think about. um, It's like you can't solve the problem 
from what how, what is that phrase like you can't solve the problem from the from the mind of the problem you have to solve the problem from the mindset of the solution yeah and like getting that. into the mindset of the solution really is getting into that creativity and like that. that's how you get you know unstuck from it and yeah. like honestly I think people think that artists creatives musicians artists I think they think like oh they just like sprung from the womb and they knew how mm -hmm. to do all of these things and it's like right. Yeah, maybe they had a tendency to like gravitate towards certain that like music or art or whatever, but like none of us got that. None of us just showed up that way. Like mm -hmm. that is separate from creativity. That's mm -hmm. discipline and practice, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is a completely different thing from yeah. creativity. But right. like the mindset that you're in when you're in that creative space is that mindset when you're problem solving as a creative is the mindset that you're talking about. Yes. That anybody can tap into. Absolutely. And like, here's the other part of all of this is, and again, I've, uh, so, I mean, you and I, so we were introduced to the arts really young. And so I feel mm -hmm. like this is such a fluent conversation to have. Like we're always on the same page, but yeah. I have noticed, you know, like working with and just conversing with people where, I mean, we all like live in our own bubbles, right? So like everyone that I'm tight with is an artist of some sort. So right, right. we're all like unicorn people just like talking mm -hmm. about really crazy stuff all the time. And it's normal to us. But I realized that like, this kind of concept and these kind of um, this kind of language can feel really foreign to a lot of people, and that that's totally okay. And so, I want to introduce this idea that you know the arts, the the way that I have come to see the arts and like why people should give a crap um, about. Uh, the fact that they're that they are um, usable to them and they're accessible to them is not only just because like you should be playing and having fun, you know, like you should allow yourself to to draw and paint, even if it's really crappy. Um, one of the one of the phrases that we use in my program, Ute Camp, it's like a mantra for us and it's freedom to suck. And we all just kind of chant it all the time. Like you have. The yeah, I mean, you know? that's super important because I think even like Man, that is the thing that stops so many people from doing so many things. Even like people who were I like know. super, you know, quote unquote talented, because it's like, oh God, right. you know, this has to be as good as the my fear last day. The fear of failure, yeah. or the fear of just like making something that just like looks or sounds shitty and yeah. thinking like somehow that reflects back on you. And it's like, no, it's right. Just, it's just practice. Right, right. Like you're, you're, what you make isn't you. And like, mm -hmm. you, you can't, you can't make the mistake of like putting value on yourself, like equaling the value of yourself to like the shitty art that you put out there. You know? Right. But so like getting back to, to my long tangent is that art is this beautiful tool, like art and music and anything that, that you can count as art, like writing, storytelling, painting, um, clay, uh, building sculptures, like anything you can imagine you don't, that doesn't have to be um, the end. Like it doesn't have to be your goal. The cool thing about these things, about this, this art is that you can use making art as a tool to practice how you should walk around the world, right? Because it offers you these life lessons like it's okay to suck. You should mm -hmm. suck. Like sucking isn't bad and failing isn't bad and nothing is perfect ever. So make imperfect things. And all of these lessons, it's like a microcosm. It's like a, a way to practice all of these life lessons in this really fun, attainable way. You know what I mean? That like you can kind of make something and, and you get all of this infused inside of you and then you can walk outside and be like, oh, I can use these lessons to be a human, to be a better human. You yeah, know? I love that, to be a human. So, mm. okay, talk to me. I love this. Talk to me more about this because, um, you know, like I've been a creative my whole entire life and I feel like I just figured this out like mm -hmm. a month ago. I, I mean, it's been longer <laughs> than that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I got like so stuck in my, and I think maybe this happens, like this happens to everybody, not just creatives. Yeah. I got stuck in this like, well, this is this thing that I produce. And like you were saying, you know, this is, um, 
something like this is part of me or this, but it's not part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I was like, oh, <laughs> I can, and maybe part of it is being a create, like having my creativity linked with my business mm-hmm. and like unlinking that and realizing that I needed to have creative practices that were separate from my business Mm -hmm. so that I could learn these lessons and like get energized and revived in those other creative pursuits and then link them to my business. And even like this podcast, like I finally launched this podcast because I was like, it's just going to be a creative project. Yeah. And I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what it's going to become, but like, You just got to do it and like learn along the way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. And that's why I was so excited when you told me you were going to do this. Um, Because I I think it's the perfect, again, a a practice, a creative practice. This is what, this is what it comes down to. And it looks different for everyone. And that's another beautiful part that people have so many assumptions about this kind of thing, about creativity and about art. And so you bring up like a beautiful point that, it's going to look different for everyone. Like I'm a firm believer that like every single human should have a creative practice at all times. And I'm also a firm believer that that can look vastly different. Like it's whatever you feel like it should be. So tell me what, like for people you work with, like what are some, what do some of those creative practices look like? Because I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and, and she was like cloud gazing. I realized like I really love mm-hmm. just like gazing at clouds yeah, <laughs> and getting yeah. information from it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I never thought about that before. It's like a creative practice, but like yeah. it is. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, and I totally vibe with that actually because I've, um, I have been, my creative practice lately has been super nature centric and that's where I'm finding, you know, I think, so one of the, man, we should write like, I don't know, like a list of like, this is what constitutes a creative practice. Because I think like one of the main tenets is to find something where you can let your ego rest and you Mm. can leave yourself kind of fully in something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about- that flow state. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, and you're completely in the present moment, which is beautiful because that's also a tenet of meditation, right? So I think right. the creative practice is essentially a meditation. Um, but yeah, so when she's like laying down and looking up at the sky and the clouds, I love doing that too. And it's because I can lose myself up in there, you know, like the kind of the boundary between me and the clouds kind of dissipates. And that allows my imagination to just like shoot out of me and soar because I don't have the cages of, you know, society and what I should be doing and like what's expected of me, like holding It's me like you the- unlink yourself from your ego in those exactly. moments. Exactly. Yeah. Because I would say I don't do it anymore because, and here's the other thing, agree or disagree. I think you'll agree. I I think that we get really stuck in like, well, this was my creative practice and it worked for me for a long time, but like maybe Mm -hmm. now it doesn't feel as good. It's like, then drop it. Right. So like for me, for a long time, that was gardening. Like Mm -hmm. I had this epic garden. I loved gardening and I could go out there and I would really would just get lost in nature. I'd get lost Mm -hmm. in like tending to it and, you know, seeing things grow. And I was just, I was so into it. And I really would, I got to the point where I realized I had to schedule time to be in my garden because I knew that creative practice was so important and I would get Mm -hmm. the best ideas for my business as I was doing that. And then I realized over time that I actually wasn't enjoying being in my garden anymore Mm -hmm. and I was forcing it Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, this is this thing that I'm supposed to be doing for my business or, you know, like it turned into that. Yeah. And so I just had to like drop it like a hot potato and be like, this isn't like, number one, I just turned it into a chore for my Mm -hmm. business. And number two, I'm not getting the same fulfillment out of it anymore. So it's like, it's okay to like not be into it right now or anymore. Absolutely, I'll probably come back to it, but I think it's okay for people to realize that it's like, you know, you might like doing adult coloring books for two weeks straight and then- Yeah. Yeah. Be done with it. 
<laughs> yeah, we we have a we have a habit as humans, don't we, of of attaching like that is our attaching. Thing. We are yep. attachers, and so when we find something that works for this moment, we're like, okay, I'm never letting this go to our right. detriment, like to our total detriment. It happens with relationships, it happens with jobs, and it happens yep. with things that it happens with inspiration. But the beautiful thing about inspiration is it's such a present moment thing. Like you're not, it's like water flowing. Like you can't. You can't grab the water, right? It's flowing through your fingers. So you have to follow that flow. And that is our job as humans. And I'm like getting, I'm literally getting goosebumps right now talking about it because like, this is what I feel is the essence of like the exciting part of being a human. Like why, you know, there's so much, there's so much. Like you don't know which, you don't know which nooks and crannies that water is going to flow into. Right, right. And all, it's only, the only job that we have maybe is to figure it out, like to play like the detective and to follow or like not that figure it out, but just like go with it. Just go with it. Just follow it. Just observe yeah. it and say, mm-hmm. hmm, like wake up in the morning and say, what, what am I excited about today? What am I curious about today? That's a huge thing is curiosity. Like where does your curiosity lie? And the crazy thing is when we, a, a lot of people, again, like this kind of conversation is so foreign to so many people. And it's because our culture doesn't bring us up to value creativity and to value Mm. art. And it doesn't tell us that these are tools for everyone to live these beautiful, like rich lives. They're life tools. They're life tools. And so it's completely understandable. Like if this kind of talk is just completely foreign to people and it doesn't feel like it's theirs. So I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, our job, you and I as creatives is to be able to make it like feel really accessible and like it is theirs to talk about. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but what I w- what was I going to say? Darn it. We're like talking about all of these amazing things. And I had something <laughs> to say about that. Well, let me ask you a know. question yeah. while you're yeah. focusing on that. So when you, once you started to, because like, like me, you were on a journey with this, with your creativity yeah. and getting to the point where you realize that it actually is a tool that you can use for yes. your life. Yes. What would you say changed for you? Like what were the changes that happened once oh, you so like good. got to this point and you like realized that you could use this as a tool? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is what happened. I kind of, I, I kind of hit rock bottom is what happened. Mm. Um, so I began playing music at five years old. I played, my mom started me on this tiny little violin. And so um, cute. Yes, I had a teeny <laughs> tiny cello. I don't think we yeah. ever talked about this. I played the cello. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was, um, it was like the size of a violin. <laughs> so cute. Uh, yeah. So, so ch- children, musicians, you know how it is. So mm-hmm. I, I began playing music then and I, I never stopped and it wasn't, I didn't have an innate love for playing music. It was more like my mother just knew that it would be a good thing for me. And so no matter how much, like how many phases I went through of like kicking and screaming and being like, I want to quit. It was like too bad. Like you live under my roof. You're going to play music. Right. Um, and so I didn't really, so my whole relationship with music throughout my entire life, because then I went on, started singing when I was like 15 and then college came up and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to go to school for. So I'll go to school for music. Like I'll go f- to school for what I know. And so I um, studied classical singing and like, that was a very serious, very weighty thing. Um, and then I got out and I was depending on my creativity and my performing for a living. And so that was very serious and like, yeah. like a very great We have thing. like such similar stories. I've right. never talked, but like, like mine was like, I was like, I don't know, I guess I'll get an art degree. And then it right. was like, ah, oh, I guess I'll try to make a living off of being an artist. But like, yeah, yes. now this is serious. And yes, yeah. So like just squeezing all of the joy out of it. Yeah, exactly. So it, Mm -hmm. it never was, it, it it was always kind of a cage for me, which Mm. I feel like for so many artists, Sarah, this is what happens is like, you find out that you have a talent and then in our, um, culture for better or for worse well, like, our, like capitalist- our pursuit of excellence because like you have, have a talent for something so then you're like yeah I know I do have to maybe go to school or practice or you know so it's like a pursuit of excellence it is and though like there comes a point where you know somebody your family member sees that you're really good at drawing or you're really good at singing 
Mm-hmm. And how long does it take before somebody says, oh, you should, you should start an Etsy account. Oh, you should go yep. to school for that. Oh, yep. how can you make money off yep. of your creativity? Because we're so hellbent on making money, being productive. And that is how our society works. And so we spread that over to creativity and the arts. And it's not, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We just have to start becoming aware that this is a pattern. You or know, like and- why we're making the choices that we're making. Right. Like totally. it was a revelation totally. to me a few years ago when I was like, oh, I could be creatively interested in, in something and not try to turn it into a business. Exactly. Exactly. Like and I, I can think- if I want, if that feels like a fulfilling path, but like I don't have to. Right. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that a lot of people uh, that I have seen over, you know, the last couple of years or so have like we've had time to kind of reckon with a lot Mm. of stuff and a lot of our lives and our choices and a lot of people are starting to be more aware of patterns in our society and like and things that we have kind of unconsciously fallen into and this is one of them and so I think that this is such a beautiful opportunity these days to recognize that like you said it's like you are, you have a creative job, like your job requires creativity. Okay. But you also realize that it's really important to feed that creativity outside of its confines of a job where you are depending on it to make money and to be productive and to grow your business and all these things, because you have to feed that part of you, like the inner child, the inner artist, Mm -hmm. uh, before you can ask it, to produce all of these things and put so much pressure on it of the quote unquote real world. Yeah. Okay. So we went off on a tangent there. I think that was my (laughs) fault, but I'm going to bring you back to the original question was like, what changed for you once you were able to embrace this? (laughs) Yeah. So what changed for me? Right. Okay. So I went through music school, all that stuff. Eventually a couple of years ago, well, like five years ago, uh, I decided, ah, I'm going to be a solo recording artist too. Why Mm -hmm. not? Heck. And um, it began for me beautifully. Like I I was very inspired when I first started to really write songs. I was just like writing songs like left and right and so excited about it. And then, um, of course, like kind of got further along that route where I um, had a couple of uh, good, wonderful mentors in the music industry um, who were kind of helping me guide me and support me and Um, and that, at that point, again, I fell into the serious, like the, oh, this is very serious and rigid now. And like, I have to follow rules. And I got to this point where, um, I I had gone out to LA to this, uh, really well-known studio with a, a very prominent producer in the area. And I recorded actually the single that I released a couple of months ago called Altitude Sickness. And it was this magical experience. And, I was actually going to record uh, my first solo record with him. And it was over pandemic and it didn't end up happening. And essentially what happened, like in a nutshell, was I spent a whole winter. He had kind of alluded to the fact that I didn't have, I took it as I didn't have enough like hits, like quote unquote hits Mm -hmm. yet to make Mm -hmm. my solo record. Okay. Uh, And so I took a winter, like an entire season, and was just bashing my head against the creative wall, completely blocked. Like every day I was trying to write songs that I thought would be hits, like that I thought would please this producer and like my musical mentors and all this stuff. And I was miserable, Sarah. Like it was one of the hardest times of my life. I was so depressed and I couldn't write anything like because I was I was so hellbent on writing something for the like for the affirmation of others. It's like it's so much pressure. It's so much pressure. It's so much pressure that it completely froze me and I was and I was suffering. And so then it got to the point last spring, actually, like a year ago, I was just reflecting on that this morning where I had this light bulb moment like it, and it was seriously, it was like an epiphany. It was in a moment and I was, <laughs> I was crying to one of my mentors and I was like, you know what? I need to not give a crap. I don't know if I can, are we like cussing on you this You can podcast? swear. Yeah, you can swear. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, I have like a sailor mouth. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, I can't give a shit anymore about 
what other people want from me or what about what I think other people want from me. Like, oh, I have been a giant people pleaser my entire life. I've been like taught and raised to be a performer and like to please people. And that's what my go-to like natural inclination is and the habit that I fall into. And when it comes to my art, I spent an entire season proving to myself, like my inner artist was saying, fuck no, Caroline, like you're, we're not going to do it like this. We're no. not going to do it like this. You can't. And, and so I didn't have a choice. Like, I, so I had to make the decision to like degaff <laughs> basically. And that's when you and I start like met, I was going through this wild transition in my life. And then I, it just started, I, I just continued to transform into more of an artist who doesn't give a crap about like what is expected of me because I've done that for, for my entire life and it didn't lead to happiness and it didn't lead to fulfillment. And honestly, it didn't lead to that much money, even though I worked right. my ass off as a creative my entire life. So right. a year ago I said, okay, <laughs> something like you can't, what's that phrase that you say? Like you, if you're knocking on the same door, something like you shouldn't like you shouldn't try to to keep getting into a way like yeah it's not working way. it's not like, working so stop try doing, another way. like you're trying to make something work by continuing to do the things that don't work exactly 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 and so that I just like had this realization that that had been like my entire life I was in this trajectory that it was I mean it was how I was raised and it's how all of us are raised to kind of follow the rules follow what's expected of us so it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. But I, I decided that I wasn't going to live that way anymore. And, um, and now, I, like a year later, you know, I not only do that uh, or like do the opposite of that. I'm, I'm doing what I want. I'm making the art that I want. I released my, my single by myself uh, <laughs> instead of waiting for a record company right. to come find me, a record label. And now I teach other people how to do this, like how to begin to break the rules and how to begin to follow their curiosity, to listen to their inner voice versus trusting the voices of other people telling us constantly like what we should be doing and what we should be making. And I think that's the most important thing there is. Like that's definitely my calling. And um, so in hindsight, it's so cool because I see exactly like I had to go through all of that shit. I had to be lost for so many years and feel so unfulfilled in order to realize, ah, this is why, because I was using art. I've always been an artist, but I wasn't using it to express my true authentic self. I wasn't using it as a tool for healing and communication and self-expression. I was using it as a tool to try to reach success, like of the society's version of success, to try to look cool, to try to make it, all of these, all of these things, like these quote unquotes, you know? Um, and, and so when I let go of that, man, everything started coming together and that's how it works, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, I have to say from the outside looking in, meeting you when I met you, like I have seen just a complete 180 in your energy, mm -hmm. like just in the way that you're showing up in the world because you made this decision and because you like flipped this switch. Yeah. And like I would say, and now you're doing this like incredible work mm -hmm. with so many people helping them. It's like, this is a superpower that we have mm -hmm. as humans mm -hmm. yes. and you're helping people tap into this superpower tap into this like knowing this like wealth of information that they have and you're doing it through your creativity. And then what's fun to watch is like the side benefit is like, you're actually having fun with your creative pursuits yes. again. Cause you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like my livelihood doesn't depend on this anymore. Right. So now right. I get to just make it be like beautiful and cool and wonderful and have fun with it. Yes, absolutely. And I, I just take so much joy in, because again, like you think about the people who, don't necessarily have, let's say, a creative practice, and that's still just really foreign to them. They're like, "What the hell would I do?" <laughs> you know, like, how yeah. Do so, I what would you in? like? What would you say to those people? Yeah. Well, like, how would so, how would they even start? So, I well, I'll first say that I created my two signature programs, um, or I have like a a first kind of first step free program, which is called Uke Camp, 
which I is know, a which five I totally day. want to do sometime when I you when should. the timing is aligned. I need oh, to do it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait! I can't wait. So it's a five day virtual um, songwriting experience, and don't let the songwriting thing deter you, anyone who's listening, because it's truly for all levels of musician from people who have never ever picked up an instrument in their lives and they haven't sang since they were five years old all the way up through like seasoned songwriters like everybody comes to you camp hundreds of people from all over the world have participated because I do it pretty much seasonally now and it's absolutely free and what happens is you come and I guide you through the songwriting process for five days I also give you a creative coaching lesson on how to break through your creative blocks, like the the top five most popular creative blocks that I've worked with my clients mm-hmm. on as a creative. Like, coach. honestly, I can't even believe that you do this for free, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. And yeah, and I really like it's my mission to to serve as many people as pop- possible with this and to reach as many people as possible so that people start getting the message that it is for them. Like this, these things yeah. are for them. They can jump in and this is a baby step. It's a very mm-hmm. brave and courageous baby step, but you you don't even, you can participate however much or little you want to, which is really nice. Like you can just watch the lessons and that's it. Or you can start writing songs or you can just be a part of the community, which is wildly supportive. So anyway, that's the first step that I would recommend for people. If they're looking for a creative process, you can't really sets you off and like ignites your creativity, restores your faith in humanity <laughs> from, the, <laughs> well, from the community. And what I love food. about it is I feel like almost everybody has this on their like far off kind of like to-do list. Like, yes. yeah, maybe someday I'll take like dance lessons or right. maybe someday I'll do like, it's always like someday I'll do this thing or they look at right. others longingly like, oh my God, how do you have time for hobbies to do this stuff? It's like, this is how you just make a decision to do a, a thing exactly. like this. And this is such a small commitment, which I think people mm-hmm. like it's five days. And so yeah. it's it's a like a container of just like, super juicy, strong uh, inspiration and motivation that can start you on a creative path. So you don't even have to, you know, go off and and continue music, but you will be ignited to then go use this creative juice that is now flowing in you. Yeah. Like use it however you want. However you want. Yeah. So if, and I'll just throw this out there now, if people are like, hell yeah, I want to check that out. If you go to theukecamp.com, um, you can find all of the details and that's where you can enroll. Like I said, it's usually seasonal. I'm actually doing it in a week from now for, for five days. So I'm super excited about that. And then I'll, I'll also just throw out, um, so my, my signature group eight week coaching program uh, is called Raise Your Voice. And it's just for women right now. Um, and it's this really amazing, it's kind of the, the youth camp is the perfect prereq for it, I would say, because Raise Your Voice is like a deep dive for eight weeks into getting to know your voice better, both like physically and technically. Like we, I give you all of the tools that you need to literally like access the full power of your voice. Yeah. You had a post on Instagram that I was like, Ooh, I'm fascinated about this. Cause you were actually talking about women in particular and how, we have like changed the way that we use our voice yeah, yeah. in order to like kind of like shrink ourselves. Exactly. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think about it through like that lens, you know, just yeah. like tapping back into like the power of the physicality of our voice. Exactly. So yeah, if if you think about it, our voice represents directly how we are showing up in the world, how we use our voice and how much we access the power of it directly parallels how we are showing up in the world, how much we are letting our gifts shine and how much we're lit, like how much space we feel comfortable and we feel worthy taking up here. And that is everything. And for women, particularly in our culture, we are brought up and raised by the media, by family, by generation after generation to be more apologetic about the space Mm -hmm. we take up to be more filtered. And if our truth um, would make somebody else uncomfortable, we better not share it, you know, to not be so loud because we might be too much or we might be Mm -hmm. a bitch or we might be annoying. So there are all of these, all of these cages of conditioning. Yeah. And it's even like, I'm thinking about it because I've gotten 
dinged before. Like I've had people yeah. online say there's like even certain cadences, the way that women talk. Mm-hmm. Um, like in particular, there's the like raising at the end yeah. of the sentence. That's yep. like a question mark, yep. which it's like, I'm not even bothered by that. But someone like dinged me for that, like kind of called me out mm-hmm. for that one time. Mm-hmm. Or ca- called me out for like some vocal inflections that are very much specific <laughs> to mm-hmm. a lot of like female identifying people. Yeah. And I was like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't want to talk like a man. I right. want to talk like me. Right. And that's what when what the post that I that I had posted about is something that we talk in in Raise Your Voice about because like point being your physical voice and your inner voice and how you feel like inwardly about yourself and how you show up, your confidence, if you will, those are directly related. So in Raise Your Voice, we tackle both things at the Mm -hmm. same time for eight weeks. And that's why it's so freaking transformational for these women. But that post in particular was about women tend to, we tend to lower our voices like uh, to an unnatural level and live a little bit lower than our natural register. Because again, like we're trying to be taken seriously in a world, like in a patriarchal world, in a society. And that's why you hear so many women politicians kind of talking lower like this because their speech uh, yeah and doing like weird inflections this is something my partner and I actually um we talked about it a lot when Hillary Clinton was running I was like I wish that she would just talk like herself because when right. I hear her on right. interviews I would be much more engaged with her and then she would yep. be giving these speeches and I'm like why she's trying to sound like a man. And I understand why she was doing that, but it just, it puts this wall up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not her authentic voice. And that's the thing. And so that's what this journey is all about with me and, and raise your voice. And it's, it's my like greatest life's work, I believe to help empower women to use their physical, like authentic voice and be really comfortable with it, even if and when people call them out because those people are self-conscious about their own voices. But also number two, to find their authentic voice if they are entrepreneurs and they're trying to Mm -hmm. grow a business or if they're artists and they're on social media all the time or they're online all of the time and they feel self-conscious about their voice, putting their voice out there. Which is like everybody. Which is everybody these days, right? Because <laughs> we have so much, it's so much pressure. It's so yeah, much pressure. It's so much pressure. And we feel, again, we feel like we need to emulate other people's voices. We look at other people who we think are being successful and we try to sound like them, like whether it's mm-hmm. like conscious or not. And we right? lose ourselves. We and we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves. And that's where I find, you know, when I'm talking to people, I find that they're they're spinning in circles. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of going round and round and round, trying a, a bunch of different things, not getting anywhere. And it's because mm-hmm. they've completely lost themselves by looking yeah. around and just trying to emulate everybody else. Exactly. And they're they're exactly. not then connecting deeply with the people that they need to be connecting with. Exactly. And that I think comes down to again like self-expression versus like just going by a formula. And you and I were talking the other day, we had such a good conversation about social media and about how like cardboard Ooh, what it did is we these say? days. What did we say? I don't even remember. <laughs> we were talking about, it was so good. Like uh, uh, we were talking about how it's so oversaturated these days, but it's so unfortunate because, oh, I was telling you that like I have this new, I, I've had like a an interesting relationship with social media as a lot of us have. Like I would right. rather just not be on it, honestly. Right. But as an entrepreneur, you know, it it is a really awesome tool if you can figure out how to make it work for you. And so for me, I have this new plan or this new kind of perspective on it that I've been working with and it's been working really beautifully for me and not draining me, but instead fulfilling me. And that is to use it as a medium of, as another medium of creativity and self Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Cause that's exactly what I've been doing lately too. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, well, I can tell. yeah, it's like, this isn't working. This isn't quote unquote working for me. The way, like doing it the way I'm supposed to be doing it, it's following the formulas and exactly. doing the, like, it, that's not working. And yeah. 
when social media, especially Instagram, when it first started and like nobody was on it, I was a super early adopter. Mm -hmm. It was so fun for me because all mm -hmm. of a sudden it was this creative playground. Like you could, yeah. I was like, cause I was really into photography. Obviously mm -hmm. I still am. And it was this like new creative playground for photography. And mm -hmm. as it went on in the years, it's like, they've added all sorts of different levels to it that are also creative playgrounds and yeah. we've forgot completely forgotten that and want to boil it down to this like this is how you beat the algorithm and yes. it's like what if it's not about beating the algorithm what if it's just showing up and using it as a creative playground yes, and you. seeing what resonates and seeing what doesn't resonate and like exactly. honestly exactly. that shift for me freeing so yeah. freeing yeah. And like, I don't care. I don't care if I show up every day. I don't care if I show up five times in a day. I don't care if I don't show up for two weeks. I'm just kind of yes. like, whatever. Yes. I'm not trying to beat the algorithm. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. It's so freeing. And and therefore, because it's freeing, like you won't get burned out and just like disappear right. off of social media for like a month, right. right? Or maybe you will, but it won't be because of burnout. Right. You know, it'll be because you know that you need to take a break and you're not inspired to say anything. But right. I, I love that this is like literally bringing it full circle to the beginning of what we were talking about with how humans get so attached to things. We try to hold on to things. We try to find formulas to uh, to work, like to get the shortcuts, right? And so social media- We want the cheat codes. We want the cheat codes. Yeah. So so we're going through this kind of phase in social media where, and hopefully we're at the tail end of it where like we have figured out all these formulas to, to do the algorithms and all this stuff. But people on social media who would be our customers or our audience or stuff, we, especially after the two years we have just had, nobody gives a shit about your formulaic like no. posts, right? Like that's the reality of it. Like, and you just like honestly, down. I feel like that's why TikTok as a platform mm -hmm. and then as individual users – People mm -hmm. are finding so much success with TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it is baked right into the DNA of that platform. Mm -hmm. That it's a highly, highly experimental platform. Absolutely. That it's like you can show up and do the weirdest shit. <laughs> totally. Like the weirdest shit. And you can like, you can do whatever you want in the, you know, it's just like, this is all about experimentation. Like I follow a woman who does like, and she's one of my favorite follows on TikTok. She does voices for, she was trying to get over her arachnophobia. This, this account, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'll have to send it to you yeah, because it's, do. I'll put it in the show notes. It's amazing. She had severe arachnophobia and in order to cure her arachnophobia, she got a little pet jumping spider so they're <laughs> tiny they're like as big as your thumbnail probably a little bit smaller oh my and she's completely gotten over her arachnophobia but what she does she has these little spiders and she does voices for them so she acts out <laughs> these little like mini plays that. with like between her and these spiders and these voices and it is amazing but like love that's it. what that's what I love about TikTok it's just yeah. like it is a creative playground, and I think yes. that's why it's having such amazing success. And the yes. individual users, that's why they're having success because yes. you feel free on that mm -hmm. platform, like just completely free to I let your freak that. flag fly. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I've been meaning to get on TikTok for so long, and I just still haven't yet. I really need to. Maybe you, I'm going to make you my accountability buddy to like – get on to because I feel like once I'm on it I'm gonna like I I get that like, yeah I get that about well, it I mean I, I haven't like... been posting on like I haven't made the jump and really started posting on there but like the first step is just like get on there and start following people and there. seeing what yeah. it's all about because totally. all you will realize immediately you're like oh this is so much more refreshing yeah <laughs> live it's alive you it's know. alive it's new and maybe it's that'll alive. go away after it's there for a while because I you know I felt that way about Instagram at first too but yeah yeah well things grow and evolve and we just follow we follow the muse we follow the inspiration right yeah I just love this conversation. I could talk Me about creativity too. forever because I just think I really do. We've said it before in this conversation. It's just, it's a superpower that we all have. And so many of us have been denied it or cut off from it. And yes. 
I just, I love the work that you're doing because you're helping people tap back into that. Um, It's just such beautiful work. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find everything, everything you could possibly need from Caroline Scruggs (laughs) at carolinescruggs.com. So I'll just spell it really quick. It's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-S-C-R-U-G-G-S.com. So there you can attach to my Instagram, which I am currently living on. I don't know. Maybe I'll switch to TikTok soon, but go check out Instagram. It's um, a good follow. And- You're, I love following your Instagram. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's creative. We'll say that. It's interesting. It's a it's a, it's a nice little, like like you said, like little unicorn world on the, exactly. on the internet. I'm very whimsical, <laughs> if nothing else. Um, and uh, you can also find Ute Camp and Raise Your Voice on there. So all the info on those. Um, And I would like to say I am offering uh, for women only at this time a free creative coaching session for anyone who messages me, DMs me on Instagram or on through my website. Um, Just tell me, just mention this that you heard Sarah's show and you're interested in a, a free intro coaching session and we will get you all started and see how you can be infusing creativity into your life and or business and or creative process more. We'll get you all set up. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, my dear, this is the best conversation. I could, I could talk to you for hours as you know, we've done until we've talked until our computer batteries have died. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for having me on your new podcast. And I can't wait to keep following everything that you're doing, Sarah. I just love you so much. I love you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey there, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is to share it with someone else or post about it on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at brand spanking you so I can show you some love. That's at brand spanking you with an N, not an ING. Go to brand spanking you for show notes and links. And if you're ready to take it to the next level, uncover your brand superpower and leave confusion in the dust. Head on over to brandspankingupodcast.com slash spark to learn all about my brand spark sessions. In just 60 minutes, they've been known to completely transform the way people think about their brands and let go of what's not serving them and their businesses. That's brandspankingupodcast.com slash spark. All right, that's all for now. This is Sarah Ehlinger, and I'll see you next time. Next time.